This is Shine On, the health and happiness show, with new episodes every week on how to live well. Shine On is heard all over the world as a podcast, but it's heard first on the radio in New York's Hudson Valley. Hi, it's Casey, and thank you so much for tuning in to Shine On. It's summertime, and we are telling your stories, and I'm enjoying this so much. And you know what happens when we tell our stories? We find out we have more in common than we could have ever imagined. And that's the case today, when a woman named Celia shares her story about guardian angels. She just always felt their goodness, and she said she always knew the angels were around her. The first time she felt this was when she was a little girl, with the nuns at Mount St. Florence, which was a Roman Catholic convent in Peekskill, which opened back in 1874. The facility served thousands and thousands of girls between the ages of 13 and 21, up until 1957. Celia shares her story coming up. Shine On is brought to you by New York Ketamine Infusions. Contact them to learn more about this game-changing therapy at nyketamine.com. If you're coping with depression and nothing has worked, New York Ketamine Infusions would like to hear from you. They're accepting new patients suffering from depression, PTSD, anxiety, and other mood disorders. Ketamine works differently than traditional treatments, and they're the most experienced ketamine infusion center in the nation. New York Ketamine Infusions' physician-led team safely administers doses tailored for each patient and boasts an impressive 84% success rate. To learn more, visit nyketamine.com. Hi there, Casey here. This is Shine On, the health and happiness show. Did you ever have one of those feelings that you just can't explain? Celia has. So many of you know when I'm not on the radio, I am helping to run Let It Shine. Let It Shine, a nonprofit launched in March of 2020. We have a thrift store, we have a food pantry, we have a Sunday market on the river. So I walk into the thrift store on Friday and I see one of the world's greatest volunteers, Celia, and she says, I'm enjoying your podcasts. I love these stories. I have a story for you. And I said, don't tell me now. Call me at the radio station and we'll record it. I didn't want any clues. I want to be surprised. I want to hear it as you hear it. What I didn't expect to hear is that Celia and I were both impacted by and influenced by the same group of nuns in our childhood. Those nuns helped Celia to believe in goodness. And that's how she can be sure that she's surrounded by guardian angels. I've always felt I had one around me. I never thought I'd get the opportunity to see her, but I did. My son, Brian, was 18 years old. He was in a motorcycle accident, and he had three of the four ligaments that are attached to your knee totally detached. And there were some questions about blood flow and his veins and all kinds of issues. So we were not sure, and the doctors weren't sure, if he would even keep his leg. So we went through a couple doctors. We were in the hospital to visit him, and my husband and I were walking down the hall. And it was a long corridor. There was uh, no exits or anything, but we saw this lady come running down the hall with a candy stripe outfit, pushing a cart, and she said, Hi, you're Brian's parents, right? 
And we both said, yeah, why? She said, well, I just came from his room, and he's going to be just fine. I just said, oh, that's good. And I felt really good. And then I thought, well, she's a candy striper. How does she know he's going to be just fine? So we get up to Brian's room, and I'm like, Brian, who is that lady that was just in your room? And he goes, what lady? So I start describing what she looked like. Five foot three, she had dark brown hair, short, been at page boy style, and my husband's going, no, she was much older, she was taller, she had grayish hair, and I'm like, no, 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 I know. (laughs) And Brian goes, mom, I don't know what you're talking about, but nobody was here. We both just looked at each other and said, but we heard the same thing, and we knew. To this day, that face is right in front of me. As you know, I'm an artist, so I was able to draw her picture, and I showed it to my husband. He goes, oh, no, 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 no. that's not what I saw. (laughs) His angel obviously is much older and has more miles on her, but mine, I... I still see those rosy cheeks, and, you know, we just knew he was going to be okay, and through a series of operations and really tough things he went through, he's fine. And just like she said, he's going to be just fine. So tell me about the feeling that came over you when she spoke. When she spoke, it was like the friendliest, warmest person, you know, and I just felt like, oh, she's friendly, you know, she's a candy striper, that's her job. And then it just felt like, yeah, he is going to be just fine. I was sure of it. And my husband said he looked back when we were walking down the hall and she disappeared. There was nobody there. I never looked back, but he did. Did he feel there was something off or different about this person or moment? What made him turn around and look? He felt the same thing as I did, that we both believed it. We both felt very confident that this was going to happen and it would be all right. And he just looked back. I, I just didn't. I was more concerned with getting up to my son and saying, you know, how are you? And who was this lady? And how does she know you're going to be just fine? But the look on his face was just like, nobody was here. I don't know what you're talking about. And the two of us have argued about what she looks like for years. But (laughs) why do you think she looked young to you and old to him? Why do you think that she looked different? I think we all have our own angels around us and whatever speaks to us at that time there is a vision of what you see but the words were exactly the same this was so clear and to hear the same words and just be so convinced that yeah he's going to be just fine and i'm grateful that he is now you said that you felt angels around you since you were a little girl can you tell me about that oh i always have i mean I was very close to a lot of nuns in um, Mount Florence. I don't know. You've been around Peekskill your whole life, but Mm -hmm. I don't know if you remember Mount Florence. And a lot of the nuns up there when I was little would take me in and just kind of show me around. And just I was very close to them. 
But I have always felt that guardian angel kind of everything will be okay. And, and even through ups and downs, there's just that feeling of just intuition almost not to do something. Or like one time I was walking to the store and I kept getting held back. What happened was if I didn't get held back three times, there was a car that had gone all the way around the curve and would have hit me definitely because it hit everything within like a quarter of a mile radius. What held you back? Was it a physical force or just uh, circumstance? Circumstance. Different people, things that never happened before. People that just stopped me or delayed me and it just seemed like, wow, I would have been there. Another time I was driving on the Taconic way up around Rhinebeck. A fox ran out in front of me and I swerved. Stupid thing to do. I know you're supposed to just stay straight. I swerved. The roads were wet. Next thing I know, I'm going across the medium looking at head-on traffic coming at me. It was a really strong car. It was a Jaguar, and it ended up collapsing from within. The frame broke. I ended up breaking my back. The steering went, but I was guided right across to the other side, not in the head-on traffic, but to the other side of the shoulder. It was just like a miracle. I, I still cannot believe it that I did not hit any of the oncoming cars and ended up there. And again, it's just that feeling. I can't explain it, but I've known it. I just feel it's been there. And uh, I have a friend of mine who laughs when I tell that story because he says, you know, I believe you have a guardian angel, but I want to be that fox's guardian angel. (laughs) (laughs) The fox had a guardian angel as well. Did the nuns at Mount Florence talk to you about angels or? Never. Um, It just always felt that kind of spiritual feeling of goodness around me. I've never been really scared or afraid because I've always felt some kind of aura of goodness. And, you know, angels, I I can't explain it. It's like you either believe it and feel it and know it or you don't. For me, it's it's real. Did I ever tell you that I was named after two nuns? No. Sister Holy Infancy and Mother Superior. One was named Kathleen and the other was named Colette. So that's why I'm uh-huh. Casey, K for Kathleen and C for Colette. And they were from Mount Florence. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Oh, my goodness. Probably before wow. your time, because this was when my mom was a, she was a nurse there when she was very young. So it's before uh-huh. your time at Mount Florence, but we both have. I don't know. I don't think so, because my mother was one of the girls there way back when. Mother Dallas was the one I was the closest to, and she would just kind of, like, they had blue ribbon girls and green ribbon girls and whatever, and and they would just, like, take me around. I mean, my mother dressed me like Shirley Temple, and I had little ringlets and stuff, and they, I think they just felt like it was fun to be around. So your mom so, grew up at Mount Florence? No, she didn't grow up there, but she was there for, like, two or three years. She went to school then? Yeah, so she was close to them, and then when she was only 18 when she was pregnant with me they just kind of took me in and I just always felt that mm-hmm. a goodness it's hard to explain but it's one of those things that you just either feel it or you don't and you said that but was mother Fidelis 
she was named that because she wanted to be a nun when she was 14 years old. And they told her, no, you're too young. You have to wait. You have to be at least 18. And she came back at 18. So it's like always faithful. That's where the name came from. Kathleen, who I was named for, became Mm -hmm. a nun. She was either 15 or 16 when she became a nun, but she was given special dispensation by the Pope to become a nun because she was dying. She was a student there. My mother was the nurse. Kathleen came in because her knee hurt, and my mom was the nurse, and my mom found a tumor on her leg, and that was uh, bone cancer, which at the time was a death sentence, and they knew that this young girl was going to pass, and she wanted to become a nun before she died. You know, she had that desire, too, at a young age, as you're telling me, Mother Fidelis did. My mom befriended Kathleen, and so did my Mm -hmm. dad, because they were like newlyweds. And, you know, they knew Kathleen was alone in the world. She was taken in by the nuns to live there. Yeah, so my mom and dad became friends with her. And and now I have to ask my mother if she knew uh, Mother Fidelis. Yeah, definitely. And then there was uh, Mother Good Counsel, who was another nun there that I was very close to. Those two were the ones that I still remember. And actually, Mother Fidel has stayed in my life for many years. That's Celia sharing her story of her belief in her guardian angel and the story of how she believes she met the guardian angel dressed as a candy striper. It is a little bit of a coincidence that we both can point at Mount St. Florence in Peekskill and say that affected my life. She and her mother having spent part of their childhoods there and my mother having spent her early career there and befriending both the students and the nuns and that's how I got my name. And I did call my mother and I asked her if she remembered Mother Fidelis or Mother Good Counsel, and she did recall Mother Good Counsel. So there you go. I'd love to share your story. So please reach out at caseysplace.com. Shine On brought to you by New York Ketamine Infusions. Visit nyketamine.com. Jessica just won a prestigious award. That's made her look at life a little differently. And she, too, has that feeling that you just can't explain. Her story is next. If you're coping with depression and nothing has worked, New York Ketamine Infusions would like to hear from you. They're accepting new patients suffering from depression, PTSD, anxiety, and other mood disorders. Ketamine works differently than traditional treatments, and they're the most experienced ketamine infusion center in the nation. New York Ketamine Infusions physician-led team safely administers doses tailored for each patient and boasts an impressive 84% success rate. To learn more, visit nyketamine.com. Hi, it's Casey, and I'm spending the rest of the summer just sharing your stories. Reach out at caseysplace.com. I'd love to hear from you. When I posted to the Facebook group, A Circle of Women, that I was looking for stories, I was happy to hear from Jessica, who I've known for a bunch of years now. Along with being a teacher, she's also in local theater, beautiful, smart, creative, Creative, caring. So I asked her, what's going on, Jessica? In 37 years, there's a lot going on. I guess the most recent thing really made me think about everything. I won um, Teacher of the Year in Yonkers for secondary school. And it really, I had to take a couple of months and really write down everything that had brought me to the moment. And it really was a good exercise for me to think about everything that has happened in my life to bring me to that moment of winning that award. It was really kind of humbling. And I guess it started off with me being adopted when I was 10 weeks old because the first people that really believed in me were my parents, my adopted parents. We lived in Venezuela until I was two. 
And then we came here. We came to New York, where I grew up until I was five. We adopted my sister from Colombia, which then changed my life again. Then when she had arrived only about three months after she arrived with us, she was six months old, we moved to Brazil and we lived there for three years. So I grew up first, second and third grade elementary school in another country, getting the ability to travel back and forth, learning another language when I was so young, which is, I think, really important for kids to learn and be exposed to different cultures and different languages. And it definitely started to broaden my horizons and who I was uh, as a person. And then when I came back, we came back to the uh, to Yorktown again when I was in fourth grade. I met my best friend that is still my best friend to this day on the bus going to school in fourth grade, which is kind of weird because my nephew, Jason, who is going to start fourth grade in September, so maybe he will meet his best friend on the bus this year. You never know. It's kind of crazy to think about that being a full circle moment. He's going to start at a new school as well. So it'll be a new beginning for him this year. I had all the amazing experiences that you get when you're at Yorktown High School. I got to go abroad with them. We took a lot of wonderful family vacations over those times. I always knew I wanted to be a teacher from very little, playing with dolls. And actually, um, my friend Lauren, who won for elementary school teacher of the year, she said that in her speech, that she remembers at a very young age playing with her dolls, lining up all of her dolls, and then lining up her brother. And I did the same with my sister. So I think teachers know from a very young age that not necessarily what they want to do, but they want to, they know they want to work with kids. They know they want to continue their learning forever. So I thought that was a very interesting parallel that we shared together. Once I I found that I really loved the idea that science is ever-changing and that I could bring it to kids in a fun and exciting and theatrical way. That's what I fell into teaching earth science and I started working in Yonkers. I really loved those kids. I loved making relationships with those kids and their families and the school community. And I've been at the same school now seven years, about to start my eighth year at the same school in a row. I really love it. And I feel like it's an extension of my own home. And I think that's what everybody should aspire to in a job, looking for someplace that feels like home, feels like something that you were born to do, that you, it's not easy every day. You know, there are some really, really rough days, but on the whole where you can sit back and say, yeah, this feels like a good fit. I feel comfortable. I feel home. I feel like the people I work with are on the same page as me. I feel like my administrators are supportive of me. I feel like that's a gift that I'm really lucky to have. You mentioned that winning Mm -hmm. the award was humbling. Mm -hmm. How can winning an award humble you? I was nominated by somebody who I wasn't expecting the nomination from. I was expecting somebody on the inside to notice my work, but it was somebody that I don't even work with every day. It was somebody that I just said I knew and I have developed a relationship with. Then that solidified. You can make an impact in somebody's life and they can know that you're a good teacher from knowing how you are as a human being outside of the classroom. I think that was what was humbling. And then I sat with my coach with all the questions and we took a look back because the questions were asking my biographical information and my educational information. And we realized, and I realized really, she kind of mirrored it to me that like, it wasn't just this year that brought me to this moment. It was the culmination of all of my years. So that's kind of humbling to me that it's not just like I did one great thing and now I won an award. It's like, no, it's every little thing led me to the big thing that people notice. So it's every little step, even if 
you don't think it's a big deal, it, it, it is a big deal. Somebody notices the little thing. Beautiful. But I have to say that this isn't the story I expected you might share. It's not that I wanted you to share any other story, but I thought you would share the story about how you came to care for your nephew. Oh, I think that that my story lends itself then to how I am living right now. When we lost my sister, there was never a question as to what was going to happen to Jason. There was never a question as to what was going to happen in my family. It was just like, we just have to keep doing what we were always doing. We have to keep the structure for Jason. We have to keep the family for Jason. And we had to continue to build those relationships, which I think that's why it's important for me in school too. You have to build those relationships and Jason needs to know that there's a village of people that are interested in him and his growth and his support. And like we had his communion in May and we had both sides of his family attend and both sides of my parents' families attend and I friends, of course, And I think just him knowing that he is supported and yes, his mom is with us all day, every day. We look for signs. We teach him that he's still alive. We're grateful for Disney and their their newest movies that have talked about grief and feelings. And we're able to talk with him about the movie Soul and the movie The Inside Out and Coco. We're able to use references and things from shows that he watches and to tell him how important his mom is and that she will always be important. But it, despite what happened, we are, me and my parents are just naturally picking up the pieces and we're, nobody trying to be mom, but we're holding space for mom while we're caring for him. And I'm so happy to hear that your family is doing well. And I'm so happy to hear that you've won Teacher of the Year. And it just really speaks to the remarkable person that you are to have been through so much and had so much loss and upheaval. And still, you can excel at work. Where does that spirit come from? from her without a doubt. Now, I know she's with me all the time. And I knew from the day that I knew that she was gone, I knew that she was with me. And I always felt a calmness that most people don't feel when they're grieving the loss of an immediate family. I felt an immediate calmness. My science brain kicked in and said, she's not physically here anymore. But in science, we say that matter is not created or destroyed. It changes form. And I feel like She's not physically here, but she is here in every other sense of the word. And I saw her that week especially, which is what gave me the ability to sing during her service. It gave me the ability to receive people the way that I did and help my parents because I knew I was very weird, the feeling that I had. And I still have it now, not as often, but now when I'm doing hard things like writing that nomination packet and graciously accepting, you know, thank yous, which was also very hard for me to do is my life coach has instructed me to say, just say thank you and don't try and sugarcoat or give an explanation. Just take the thank. And people said it was because she told somebody like, look at her, look at what she's doing. And this is very weird. I just saw a butterfly pass by behind the house as I'm talking. It's just very uncanny that I still get these signs and symbols. And I know she's around and she's not gone. 
you know. Yeah, I know. Thank you, Jess and Celia, for sharing stories about looking back on our lives and angels and indescribable feelings and signs. I'd love to tell your story, too. Reach out at caseysplace.com. We're brought to you by New York Ketamine Infusions. When traditional depression, PTSD, anxiety, and other mood disorder treatments don't work, contact them about a game-changing therapy at nyketamine.com. Our thought for the day is from Melanie Beckler, who said, To find your angels, start trusting your inner voice and intuition. Shine on. You've been listening to Shine On, the health and happiness show, with new episodes every week. It's your time to shine on. Shine on.